Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Caleb and I are getting locked. Welcome in. Happy Thursday morning. Caleb and I are getting locked in for the show by uh, watching a little U.S. versus Russia curling, a.k.a. the Miracle on Ice 2, potentially. Glad to have you with us. 39, degree, 39 degrees in the capital city. And uh, it's, it's actually Thursday. It's Wednesday. Jeez, I'm sorry. Wednesday morning. Uh, I'm already jumping ahead. Doing? I'm jumping ahead. I uh, got too wrapped up in the curling to look at the calendar and know what day it is. I'm sorry. It's Wednesday. Uh, false alarm. Uh, because we know that because it's a what chaps your hide Wednesday. I believe, you know, I didn't even confirm it, Kayla, but I believe I did not have any technical difficulties with the Facebook post. Yeah, there was a post on Okay, that. good. I All made right. sure to look. I learned to use the Facebook meta business suite correctly. You know, uh, call me old fashioned, but I just, uh, I like the old days when you could go on your page and say, want to share something and type it right in. But now I got to go through a bazillion menus and, and ways to optimize my monetization. I wish they'd have a, a throwback option and you could go back to like the 2008. Pick a year. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Just pick a year of Facebook that you would I'll, like I'll, to use. I'll, when it, I'll call Zuckerberg. And I'd like it to be whatever year it was, it was still just pictures of everyone's kids and stupid games and that sort of stuff. Get a little Farmville. Farmville. <laughs> yeah. Farmville. And I'll, uh, that was annoying then, but man, I had no idea what was coming in the, the coming years of scrolling my Facebook the, feed. The so. wordle of the mid-2000s. Yeah, exactly. They have certainly... Uh, Taken monetization to a new level, I'll tell you that. Well, I haven't monetized my pockets any. No, uh, they have. I know. I I just need to, I guess we need to figure this out. Uh, Monetize it for us, at least, if we're going to have to use this thing. So anyway, uh, that is ready to go. You can uh, put your your chaps right there on the Facebook page if you want, or you can text them in right now, ASAP, the Rickstein Recognition text line, 402-479-1400, and we'll open the phone lines up at 710. It's your weekly chance to get it off your chest and find some listening here's here at the KLIN studio when they may not exist in your own life. So we've got that coming up. Uh, we got uh, Officer Chad right before 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk to John Bishop at 835 as well. So we have a busy show today. And uh, let's see, where to start? We've got a lot to start with today, Mark. Uh, I guess we'll start with uh, two more weeks of the mask mandate. Um, maybe once and for all. Maybe. <laughs> well, okay, there's all the, the chuckles. Once and for all again. M- maybe once and for all. We'll see. So you got to get through. Well, it's two weeks and two days uh, from right now because the 25th, Friday the 25th, is the uh is that break I, I i think there's probably a decent chance that's when it goes away but we'll see they're going to focus on the hospital numbers now it's pretty clear after uh after what was said yesterday in the briefing and if those go down precipitously in following the cases probably a good chance that the uh, mask mandate is is off and th- you know what and thanks thank goodness Thank goodness, just for a variety of reasons. If that is the case, bet most importantly, numbers and hospitalizations will be down, right? Uh, number two, I don't have to continually walk back to my car when I realize that I forgot it and I can't remember. You know, some of the places have the little 
little dispensers where you can get take your own mask. They're going to provide it, but others don't. And then I can't remember which is which. And then I try and try and gamble and I don't go back to my car. And I found out it wasn't one of the mask providing places. And then then there's that. And then there's just the constant, the constant uh, debate that has just grown tiresome. Well, if you just wear, you know, one like I do, I just put it on in the morning. Uh, I've got one of those that go around your neck. The gaiters? No, it's it's a mask. Oh, it's a mask. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I just I just I keep don't it. Want to do that? That way, I, if I forget one, I don't have to walk back. And I just keep that one. Bla- you gave me that black cloth one uh, earlier this year, last year. Yeah. At some point, I still use that one. Although I, I, I don't know. Maybe the cloth ones. Probably Who sucked knows it up at this point? Who knows Uh-oh. at this point? So we got that. It sounds like Omaha also, by the way, for what it's worth, uh, is also going to extend their mask mandate. They do that officially on. Uh, on Wednesday, but the the way that the reporting on this sounds like uh, that they're going to keep this going here at this point. So, um, by the way, uh, the home test kits that we ordered, you know, through the UPS, yeah, yeah, mine came in. Yep, mine did too yesterday. Yep. Now that they've expected, now that we got past the time where we all needed them yeah. in my house, but uh, yeah, we got them now. Absolutely. Uh, so there you go. That's the update. There, not a whole lot more to that. I don't think we. Uh, uh, I think we kind of kind of thought that might yeah. be coming but I think, I, I think one of the big numbers and and dr bob browner at last night's uh, board of education meeting uh talked about the case rates in lps and they are down dramatically as of uh, this morning 419 students in the district are uh, in an exclusion and 113 positives but at one point uh let's see in uh the week of january 5th and ending january 15th they had just under 700 staff and 3,400 students in exclusion. Interesting. Well, you know, it was just from an anecdotal perspective, we would get emails every day with from my kids' schools with how many COVID-positive cases they had. And there were a while when you would get them, um, and, and my son goes to East, but there were some days where they were like per day, 18, 20, 23, and now you're getting, you know, maybe one or two every other day. And so it's it's shown up that way as well. So, again, hopefully, oh, hopefully we're we're getting through this portion of the thing. We're getting through everything that goes along with it. And my goodness. And then uh, and then uh, hopefully we don't have another one of these things. We can kind of treat it more like a just a, an endemic thing. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> can you tell? Can you tell? This topic is one that I've you're so gone through. Yeah, I've gone through my uh, all of my stages of dealing with talking talking about this. So we got that. I don't know. We have some interesting things uh, in the education world, though, beyond masking. I think Uh, you're you're reporting on uh, Northwest High School, the new high school that will open in Lincoln this coming fall, six months from now. The the Falcons, right? The the Fighting Purple, they call them the old Fighting Purple. They've always been a big fan of the old Fighting Purple Falcons. Uh, anyway, they are uh, not going to have any seniors fighting, the, fighting for them. No, there was only 41 that applied or sent in their paperwork. And uh, as Dr. Joel, Dr. Steve Joel, superintendent, explained to the board, that's just not enough. It's not efficient to uh, to staff that up. But they will be staffing uh, staffing up for 9 through 11. Yeah. So, so you'll, you'll basically have a... Once that ninth grade class becomes seniors, class of twenty twenty six, that, that's when you'll have a 
kind a of full. a full normal unless class, but they're going to do seventy ish sophomores, seventy ish juniors, seventy eight juniors. I think it was seventy one sophomores as of right now. That's that, true. That number could grow. Okay, uh, at, sure. On, on sure. Through the summer, and sure. this leads to the possibility some of their sports might not be offered with varsity teams. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah, I guess that'll that'll depend on on numbers. And they're talking really football, baseball, soccer. Yep. Now, I come from a smaller school where at times the majority of those out for your varsity sport are freshmen. Right. No, it's not the same as they'd be in class B, so they're gonna, they'd be playing like Waverly, most likely Norris, and we were not playing schools that big or could put linemen on that size. Right. Right. Yeah, you, you could put a varsity team out there. It'll, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what you know. It's it, it's kind of a it's honestly a kind of a fascinating deal starting a, a just starting a high school and, and Lincoln of course went went through that with LPS a couple of decades ago mm-hmm. with, with Southwest with Southwest and, and North Star. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't I think I was in college when that was happening, but um or or just after college. But yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating everything the the whole process that happens along with that. And by the way, if you've been out by Saltilla Road, you yeah. can see the progress on Standing Bear too. Yes. My goodness, I I was bringing my grandma back on on Saturday to uh to Hickman, and I dr- I hadn't driven by there for a while. My goodness, amazing, it's coming along, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's up there on that hill. Even when you're driving on Saltillo from the east, uh, you you know that's quite a structure. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, and it and it still I still have to get in my head. I mean, I know in theory how far south it is. I mean, I've traveled down there, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times with with family living uh, in the in the Hickman Holland Firth area. It's it's still odd to think of that as a Lincoln High School right there. Yeah, it's just I still have a hard time getting it. It feels I know this isn't necessarily true, but it feels closer in my mind to to Norris than it does to yeah, to Lincoln. And, and it's really not that far from Bennett. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, anyway, a little bit of education news. And then the other one, I want to get further into this one here, Mark, uh, in the morning drive. We'll probably revisit all of this again in, in the morning drive. But you see this bill that would mandate when school districts in the state could start the school year. Uh, it would basically go back to the old school way. Shorten the, when, when I started elementary school, that's that's how this uh, that's how this was. But the bill would have school districts in the state begin the school year after Labor Day and finish before Memorial Day. So this went in front of committee yesterday, the education committee, and uh, t- talked about. I, I think it sounds like from listening to Senator Erdman, who was the the sponsor of this bill, that essentially you you have the year that's that's broken up so much already by all these in-service days in Lincoln, you know, PLC days that are shortened might be what you call it. Breaks all over the place. Child care is difficult. So he basically said, look, we, maybe we, we look at, at narrowing down these breaks, compressing the year, and then kind of go back to this more traditional school year that we used to yeah, have, the, say 30 the nine, years ago. The nine month, three months, uh, yeah. you know, nine on, three right. off. And, and he also, he also, argued that maybe hey if people actually get summer off like fully get summer off that might be something that make the teaching uh uh profession more attractive so i mean i don't have a strong i don't have a strong yay or nay either way for this one i hear i mean i think it's a good discussion to have especially if it's focused on on getting teachers and good teachers into our our schools 
Well, we'll see if this hear, actually happens. I didn't hear a single teacher in favor of this. From really? People I talked with yesterday. Oh, really? Not a single Well, the Association one. of School Boards is is opposed to it, too. Um, well, they're, they're, they're concerned about uh, labor relations with the teachers union. Oh, yeah, because the collective bargaining that has to go on with that as well. We'll see. But it just on a, on a you know, theoretical level, th- there is a part of me that would like summer to actually be summer. Yeah. Again, and have school starting closer to September than closer to the beginning of, of August, just for practical family reasons. I think there's there's a part of that that I miss. Now, school usually, the end of school, the, the weird thing about the end of school now, at least in Lincoln, it's gone significantly forward than when I was in, in school. It went into June, my senior year, I remember. We had, we had class in June, and now it's almost always off right before that Memorial Day weekend already which is which is part of this bill so my last day of senior year was in april <laughs> that explain, explains a lot yeah i know uh because we graduated the uh the first weekend in may so seniors got like two weeks off going into that graduation so i was like cool it's late april and i'm done with school and i still have more than half my track season to go <laughs> yeah and I, our gra- my graduation day was june it was the first week of june Oof. in 1996 wow. yeah and so we went we went a whole lot late. and the other weird thing we did then that they don't now is we had a semester break because of how the calendar worked and this might be something that makes this proposal a little bit difficult but we had a semester break that was after winter break after the traditional holiday mm-hmm. break we had we came back went for two weeks took our finals and then had semester break in late january right because that was how it it evened up. And I know you had John ba- that. Baylor was on yesterday, but I'd be interested to hear his opinion on this because he's talked before about, and this was especially true when you had um, the virtual learning, and then people were out early for summer and all that. Is the how much you lose for your knowledge over the course of summer because it's hard coming back in the fall, right? And then you have to recap what you learned the year before just to get caught up to where you should be learning for that next grade level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm talking about this, I think, largely in in sort of principle as a decision on on the schedule. There's also a big part of me that's like, I mean, let the school districts decide, right? I mean, why are we, why is our state, why would the state mandate? It seems like a good, healthy thing to discussion, discuss on the state level, um, but uh, all the state control of school stuff lately, I don't know. That that that's a, now, but I will say this: like all our all my in laws are in Iowa, and I think theirs their rules for this is largely to support the state fair, mm-hmm. but they can't start school there. I don't believe statewide until the fair ends. Yeah, they have to wait until the fair ends. Yeah. So, surprised Nebraska State Fair isn't jumping on this thing. Which I've always said, why don't they move the state fair to a time where school hasn't started? But under like Minnesota, state fair ends on Labor Day. Yeah, yeah, that's and, what I, and then then yeah. school start. Right. I mean that that's the way it was. Right. And and that really helped us, especially in the smaller school districts that were highly rural. Yeah. You know, high school, junior high kids were needed to to work this summer. And I know everybody's summer situation isn't the same, um but it always feels like just for the stuff that my kids do, we have like 2 weeks in the summer where there isn't something going on. Oh, that last week of July and that first week of August. And so any sort of vacation, any sort of thing that you're thinking about doing, you've got to cram it into that like two week period. Um, 
and if there was more like a month of that, I, it seems it would just give some more flexibility. But again, I don't know that I would jump on the state mandating that for this whole thing. So anyway, we can delve well, back it, into that a little bit later. Certainly is uh, taking the discussion of health standards off the table. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you haven't heard anything about that. That's true. Although I, I did see one. Uh, one candidate for something had brought it up uh, about the in terms of the educate but state education yeah. standards. Yeah, yeah, there was more discussion on that this week as well. All right, six twenty six. Grab a break. Caleb's got sports. Husker basketball. The men trying to get a dub tonight. Can they do it? I don't know. This might be the chance. Six twenty six <laughs> on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. On a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday, we'll get into that at 710. The Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today, is open for your comments there. You can also text them into the Rick Stein Recognition text line or give us a call at 710 on What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Your chance to get it off your chest. Our public service, the city of Lincoln. I'm finding it hard to work this morning uh, getting caught up in the curling U.S. versus Russia curling match. I am... I'm dialed in. I'm in mid-form Olympics, uh, mid-season form Olympics spectator condition right now. Uh, U.S. leading the Russia Olympic Committee, one to zero on the third end. Yeah, there you go. Did I say it right? I'm even learning. I'm learning how to say these things. Late in the third end, yeah. Well, um, while human cases of Omicron seem to be going down in. Locally and in the nation as well. But now they're saying, wait, we're uh, we're finding it somewhere else and could be a concern for mutations. Let's hope they're not. The first report of the Omicron variant spilling over to wild animals is raising concerns the animals could become hosts to a new strain of the coronavirus. Researchers at Pennsylvania State University say they recently identified nearly 20 white-tailed deer on Staten Island, New York, infected with Omicron. A lead researcher says when a virus spills over to another species, it provides more opportunities for it to evolve and when it completely mutates, the virus can evade current vaccines. But for now, scientists don't know if deer can pass the virus back to humans. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. But just to be safe, I am going to distance from deer for the next several weeks, I think. Okay. Normally hanging out. Normally I like to, you know, ride them around in the woods, that kind of thing play frisbee catch with them that sort of thing mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i'm gonna take some time off i'll miss my i'll miss my dear friends <laughs> your dear dear friends uh yeah remember when the the, the animals of lincoln zoo were getting covid remember the, <laughs> the tigers had covid and stuff and not the giraffes yeah another one that i'm not worried about uh getting it caught from but yeah <laughs> that's the concern in lincoln is if the giraffes start getting covid <laughs> As we've said many times, if the giraffes in Lincoln start getting COVID at the zoo, because there ain't a kid's hand those things hasn't licked in this entire city while they're trying to feed them lettuce. Uh, all right. What else do we have? We had a little bit of this yesterday, but the, the trend continues. 
Uh, states, including blue states, are uh, lifting those mask mandates. Blue state mask mandates falling like dominoes this week, with Democratic governors who previously imposed some of the strictest measures rolling them back. New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, and Oregon all announced plans to lift mandates for schools over the course of the next two months. California plans to keep school masking in place, but will lift the mandate for vaccinated people in indoor public spaces next week. The patchwork of varying protocols prompted a plea from the country's largest teachers union. Across the country, confusion. Students near Chicago staged a walkout Monday after administrators mandated masks to attend class. The district upholding the governor's mask mandate that a circuit court judge temporarily lifted. All right. So the trend is uh, is going that direction. As you heard, Lincoln, Lancaster County will continue theirs for two weeks. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if I mean, I think either scenario at that point, if they go ahead and pull it back then or if they go another two weeks. The interesting thing to me is what exactly school di- the school district, the public school district, is going to do if and when that mask mandate is, is taken away. Do you see something again that was what the plan was going into second semester where only elementary schools would still have the mandate or... Is it something where they keep it going completely or take it away completely at that point? That's really going to probably be a question for the fourth quarter of the semester after you get done with spring break. So we will see on that. Um, potentially some changes to the way the federal government allows the United States Postal Service to do its business, essentially, and maybe allow it to be more financially solvent. The Postal Service has been saying unless Congress acts, it's going to run out of cash by 2024. Now the House has passed the Postal Reform Act. It ends the requirement that the service pay in advance for health care for current and retired workers for the next 75 years. It also means the service has to set up an online dashboard so users can see how long it takes to get letters and packages delivered. The measure got bipartisan support in the House, it's expected to get the same when it heads next to the Senate. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News. Okay, so maybe some changes coming both on the kind of on the HR end of this whole thing, the funding end of it, but maybe on the end user experience, too. I, I don't use the, the I guess the only, to the extent that I use the post office now, it's ordering things online and, and looking at the delivery, but I'm rarely sending stuff out through the post office now where I'm concerned about the time that it's going to take. And so I'm curious, though, people use it more. uh, How big a deal would that be to have that dashboard around compared to the resources that are out there right now? Um, Yeah, you probably noticed it if you filled up your car. I filled up my car yesterday and we're back up there with those gas prices, aren't we? Jiminy Christmas. Edward Lawrence with more on that. The price of oil close to $90 a barrel, and that pushes the price of a regular gallon of gas to $3.46 a gallon. One year ago, we were paying $2.47 a gallon, about a dollar less. So right now, the administration is working through a plan by the Department of Interior to raise the royalty fees uh, that it charges to drill on federal lands. It's also limiting the or banning the new leases of uh, drilling on federal lands, as well as limiting the land in a Alaska that they can go that they can allow drilling to happen in. and all that means it's constricting future supply it's adding to cost on this Edward was struggling a little bit there but we've all been there we've yes. all been there it can be an emotional subject with gas price yeah what was the low the cheapest one on the pump yesterday was well, I think where I was it was 222 or something like that uh it was uh I'll tell you what, um 
it was up there, I think. So we will see. Uh, what's the what's the uh, what's the uh, or excuse me, I should say three twenty two, right? Yeah, three twenty two. Sorry, I hope that would have been a really good deal. Uh, yeah, it looks like you got to go to uh, it, unless you're going to the membership places. You're paying yeah. over three bucks everywhere right now yep. in Lincoln. Uh, yeah, that's the only way you can get it under three. Now, not to brag, but I did have sixty cents off per gallon, and so that's why I got my numbers mixed up there. So, chopped that off because, uh, well, I may just have some stale bread in my house yeah, that 60, saves me a lot of gas. Sixty so. cents a gallon off on gas, but you also spent an extra three hundred fifty bucks while you were there to get that. Some stale, crunchy <laughs> bread and some chicken that is going to start smelling bad in about well, right now, yeah, about nowish. <laughs> Uh, we've talked a couple of times this year uh, or over the last year about uh, TikTok trends that are rather destructive, whether it's the stuff at the school bathrooms, whether it's the the oh, blue, yeah, the blue the chicken. Uh, I mean, there was the Tide Pods for a while. All of these things. TikTok is doing their best now. Well, I don't know if it's their best, but they're trying to crack down on these things, updating some of their rules. TikTok updates its community guidelines, including strengthening its dangerous acts and challenges policy, giving dangerous challenges its own section in an effort to make the rules more visible, expanding the type of content it bans under its eating disorder policy. The platform also starting to test ways to age restrict some types of content amid a push for more teen safety. In a blog post, reps say we've made significant strides to improve our policies and enforcement, adding we recognize there's no finish line when it comes to keeping people safe. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Well, I know maybe there are some of you who have been looking for a home in the Lincoln market and been frustrated with just how tight that market is, how difficult it can be. I may just have found a listing. Now, it's not in Lincoln but it may be in your price range. Take a listen. What could be the most expensive property ever sold in the U.S. will go up for auction at the end of this month. Named The One, its current list price is $295 million. More entity than residence, the property is a 105,000 square foot mega mansion. 21 bedrooms, 42 bathrooms, 5 pools, 30 car garage, and everything from a nightclub and a movie theater. But what really sells the place are the 360 degree views of Los Angeles. That $295 million is just a sticker price, though. Think about the upkeep, the staff, the security. The cost of the parties this place demands you throw. And then there are the taxes. So who will buy it? Definitely a billionaire, someone who either wants to entertain or someone perhaps who wants to convert part of it into office space for their company. But most certainly, it will be someone who wants to make a statement. Kelly O'Grady, Fox News. The parties this place demands you. Is it, do they think Gatsby's <laughs> going to come buy this? 10,000 bottle wine cellar, 30 car garage, 40 person movie theater, private nightclub, sky deck, putting green, salon, bowling alley. And more, 150,000 square feet. They were actually hoping to sell it for $500 million, but they listed it for $295 million. Couldn't get a taker, and so they're putting it up for auction. I don't know. It might be some of the, 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 the high rollers may, you know, just with everything that's going on right now, may back out. I might, might throw something out there just in case. I, are you gonna are you gonna lease the uh, the penthouse see, suite downtown to afford? I wonder that one? if I was wondering if I could offer some kind of a, I don't know how this auction works, <laughs> but I was thinking about bidding for a bit of a like a weekend trade. 
for my uh, lead place, either use of my lead place penthouse or the Beatrice vacation home. You're going to need to get some people with some like lawyer knowledge to work this contract. What, why don't we just timeshare this thing out? So <laughs> oh, I go geez. to obviously I'm going to L.A. a lot, and uh, I need a nice place to be there with a nightclub. Obviously, um, listen. I mean, who? I think a lot of us want to be able to. Uh, kind of take the edge off and bowl around when we get home from our travels. Oh, so, geez. all right, <laughs> you gotta look at the pictures of this thing. This is crazy. Yeah, just Google the one mansion, and uh, it's not the prettiest thing in the world. I'll be sure about that. I mean, it does. It just looks like a. Well, it looks like a. That's not a mansion. That is a compound. Yeah, that's what. It, but it's not like visually appealing at all. In the zombie apocalypse, I'm going there. All right, the pools look nice, though. All right, we'll take a break. we got Officer Chad coming up next. That's it for your sound off on KLIN. It's Brittany Foster. They done it. And now LPD needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Officer Chad and I are taking a video tour of the $295 million mansion known as The One. What's your, uh, you think it's price, uh, you think 300, 295, 300 mil, about right for that? I think they're a little conservative. They might be on the soft side. Just saying. Uh, that That's an amazing problem. How would you like to get called out to that house and then they're like, okay. oh, he's in the bathroom. Uh, which one? Which one? 42? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You're going to uh, show up and ask for the map of the uh, well, facility that, first. And I'm going to need some help because there's no way I'm going to find that one bathroom. Yeah, that is uh, that that's exactly right. Okay, so I wanted to I wanted to ask you a question today because um I'm just curious. We, we talk a lot about, you know, you're on the job and you're you're dealing with people that you're engaging because of your job, but also the police are out and visible in public in uniform frequently yep. and you have a lot of engagements with other people that are not necessarily job related right that okay. uh, that are not necessarily pursuant to what you're doing and i bet my guess is that they run the gamut from people being very you know nice and off the, <laughs> like may, sometimes maybe overly nice or, or, or you know saying things like hey i appreciate you that sort of thing to people who act really weird and nervous around you for no reason and all everything in between. I have family and friends that act really weird, nervous around me for no reason. <laughs> if they see me in uniform, so um, yeah, you know, we we get all sides of it. Um, I go out and do a lot of speaking engagements, and I, I can in the last probably two years, I've only had honestly one instance. And thankfully, it was by Zoom that became uncomfortable. Um, somebody asked me a question about uh, citizen contact while I was on duty. And I was explaining a situation that actually had happened to me where um, somebody was non-compliant. I was kind of obligated to take some action. And because this person was non-compliant, it, uh, let's just say the contact uh, went downhill. Mm-hmm. Well, the person that was asking the questions just couldn't understand how that wasn't my fault. Well, you know, if, if I see something do or somebody doing something illegal in public, uh, there's a few things I can stop and lecture you for. There's a few things that I have to take some more serious action. Um, and in this case, I just simply wanted to write this gentleman a ticket. He didn't want to comply with that. So we ended up having to go to jail. Uh, there may have been a bit of a scuffle. And this this person asking the question just was certain that was all my fault. Yeah. Well, no, actually, this was something if I had just been able to get some cooperation, I would have lectured a little bit and sent him on his way. But no, by and large, we get a positive, positive uh, reaction here. Um, 
I think I mentioned it before when I was still in uniform every day. I would stop at KFC at 9th and South for lunch, and it never failed. The person ahead of me would pay for my lunch. <laughs> I, I'd go through the drive through and I'd have my wallet out ready to pay. Nope, they got you ahead of you. And it every time. Every time. Wow, I'm going out with, to lunch with you sometime when you're, in, when you're in your patrol car. Well, I started bringing my lunch, trying to lose some weight. But, um, that's, hey, we can order big salads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, do you get, you know how I've used this segment to just ask you a lot of questions that I've always had in my mind about the profession. And yep. I really enjoy the conversation. People come up to you on the, I mean, do you just get questions randomly from Constantly. people? Yeah. Constantly. Um, I, Sorry, high school buddies, but there's high school buddies I don't hear from unless they have a question. Yeah. Um, Jim from Seward, you know who you are. <laughs> um, no, it's, I, you know, honestly, I don't mind. Yeah. I, I don't mind helping people out. That's, honestly, right. that's what we're here for. That's right. what we're supposed to do. If you have a question, ask. <laughs> Doesn't bother me a bit. Do you ever see the thing on the streets? Where, I've probably asked you this before, but you're, you're driving in, in a patrol car and, and uh, you know, there's nothing happening around you, but somebody sees a patrol car and they all of a sudden hit, slam their brakes because they're afraid they're speeding yes. all around. <laughs> Is that like yes. a frequent thing? Um, yes. And, <laughs> It, it's kind of infuriating I do, because I do it. I'm, it's like a gut reaction. I see a cop going. Like, Folks, don't slam on your brakes. Drive normal. We're very likely on our way to a call and need to get somewhere too. So can't help it. See, Just involuntary. Because of that, I have the mindset of I see cop. I hit the gas a little bit. It's a challenge now. <laughs> okay. I knew you were a rebel. The man bun told me you were a rebel the second I walked. What in. it's there for? All right, let's uh, talk about what you're working on for Crime Stoppers this week. Uh, first one we have is toolbox troubles. Uh, this one goes to December seventh. Uh, Neiman and Sons Roofing near 11th and High had two suspects pull into their property in what looks like a white GMC extended cab pickup. Uh, these suspects loaded up three pickup truck-sized toolboxes in the back of their truck and then took off. There was a loss of just over $1,000 worth of Ooh. just toolboxes. Okay. Uh, this one, uh, it's called U-Strip. Okay. This one is Ooh. from January 5th. Uh, staff at U-Stop, 33rd and Cornhusker, Reported a male came into the store oh, between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. Uh, loitered, wasn't buying anything, so they asked him to leave. He did, but then he came back at about 6, walked over the seating area, and started taking his clothes off. Okay. Yeah, they had to tell him several times to leave. They were going to call the police, and he said, well, do what you got to do. Thankfully, he eventually got dressed and left on his own. All right. Take a look at LinkStoppers.com, how you can help out with, that, with, that, with these. If I can talk. <laughs> I can't do my job sometimes, Chad. Have a good one, all right? Thanks. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right, it is time. Phone lines are open. Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. You can also text us What Chaps Your Hide into that text line as well or jump on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today. What is the segment? Are you new to it? Well, yeah, it, it is what it sounds like, but 
we realize during the course of the week, there are just these little things that get under your nerves. You're like, ah, I wish I could tell someone about this. I wish you commiserate with someone about this. Then you sometimes try and do it in real life, and it just doesn't get any traction. You don't want to be a negative Nelly. That's why we have put this segment in place to take care of all of those issues. You get it off your chest. You feel better. You are more. You are a more productive, pleasant member of our community. So let's delve in to those things today that are challenging you're hired and i want to start with patrick because we need to have a conversation about his people who can't be on the phone if it's not on speaker what has happened to our and i'll admit i will admit in certain situations in the privacy of my own home i'm speaker phone guy because i want to be doing other things when i'm when i'm when i've got a phone call that's the reason that I do it. I also think that the the speakerphone quality is a lot better than it used to be. You remember you used to call someone when I was practicing law, I was always I always thought it was I was getting a power move put on me by other attorneys when I could tell you could tell very clearly on a landline when they were on speaker and didn't bother to pick up the stinking handset with that. But it's a little bit different with that now. But the, and I'm not sure exactly what Patrick is referring to, but the, the folks we need to talk about are the people who walk through stores, and you know what I'm going to say, the, who walk through stores and either on FaceTime or speakerphone uh, or, or whatever, Skype, something like that, they're having an ongoing conversation that everyone can hear both sides of. I will say, I sometimes pull up FaceTime in a store because I do not know the exact product. I agree with that. That is needed, and being able to just have the video there. I've done that. You don't send pictures back and forth. Very helpful. I've done that, but that's usually uh, okay. And I realize we- everyone in the dish soap area is probably upset with me. Yeah, you ever do that thing where you hold up, like hold up <laughs> your 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 significant other on the phone and just like scan the aisles? <laughs> this look right. No. This look right. That sort of thing. You haven't? No. Oh, I do that. I do do that. But the the ones that I'm talking about are a little different than the I mean there's some purpose to that. There are I mean it doesn't matter what store you go to now. There almost is always someone that is just walking around talking on the phone like it's a, a walkie-talkie mm-hmm. the entire time. <laughs> right? I mean, this is a this is a thing now. And I don't it doesn't even it's not even like when I do it at home because I put on speakerphone because I put my phone down and I have a I have a hand free to to do something else. But they're holding, they're holding it anyway, and legit. I mean, you can hear the person that they are. Do the does the person they're talking to realize they're being broadcast down the entire bread aisle when this is happening? It's uh, it's an interesting place that we've gotten into with speakerphone. Uh, all right, what else do we have? Karen says trying to find remodelers that will return messages. Oh, Karen, I feel your pain. Not you, the you exact are easily, same. Easily months behind anything you'd be able to get going on. I mean, not uh, when I was trying to do my deck, trying to get a little contracting work done to to make that possible. Uh, I mean, let's just say this: you guys know how handy I am. I had to end up doing my own concrete work for this thing because there was it was getting somebody to return a message getting somebody who was willing to do a smaller project getting someone to do any of that and that was a year ago um but karen i know what you're talking about just getting people to to return messages and and by the way should okay i don't know what you guys take on this but 
anytime you're soliciting services like that, that's kind of a, I always want to do that by email. Am I the only one like that? That is one of the things where when you're calling someone or you're calling someone to do a project like that, to me, that always to to get on the phone with somebody who's probably in the middle of something else in that world um, just seems like an odd way to do it. I want everything written down. I want to reply back and forth. To me, that should always be the way to do that. Your online submission forms. Yeah, oh, yeah, but that get that are paid attention to. But that's the thing is, I would look for email addresses for these places because they're you know usually outfits that don't necessarily have a home office and a. You know, some sort of a receptionist or or something like that who's taking calls. You're calling the person who's on on the job who's going to be on the job, and so I would always go to the email because I wanted to tell more details so they would be able to see that sort of thing. And then the, the emails just weren't checked very often. And you don't check sort of yours very often. I mean, I do daily. Well, yeah, <laughs> I do daily, but yeah, that's. Uh, that's one of the things with that. So. I have a good, good friend who does remodeling uh, down in Kansas City. And if he's on the job, he just lets it go to voicemail and returns them uh, either at lunch or on his I don't want to leave voicemail. I want to write, write an email spelling out so that you can reference it. You can write. There are just some. This isn't a. There are some, there are some conversations. There are some sort of in the in the business world conversations that are better face to face and make more sense but when i'm telling you like the specs of my project and describing it to you and it, you're going to you're not going to remember all that anyway if i'm telling it you telling it to you verbally no, no, but so. you, you've you've established a relationship at least a verbal relationship so you're yes. more apt to get the and, and that is answer. the best thing when you get when you get these certain services where you have a relationship with someone that you trust and have worked with because for instance like i've got a uh i got a, a guy who does plumbing stuff and now i can just i i know him enough he's been to our house enough i just text him yep and that's great that is that's the place i want to be with every single type of home <laughs> service on a on a personal basis where i can just you know where i can text you you know where i am you know where i live you know it's just you know my house at this point that's the sweet spot to be in with home services like that, I think. Um, and I got it for some of them, and I don't for other. Let's see. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Rich says, getting open heart surgery and missing my routine and uh, hanging out with y'all. I'm sorry to hear that, Rich. I hope you're I hope you're okay. Um, man, yeah, that's, uh, whew, that's a, a significant deal there. So thoughts out to Rich. Um, oh, that's Chicken Rich. I wondered where he was. Oh, okay. That's what that is, Caleb. It had been a while, hadn't it? It's definitely been a while. Yeah. All right. Well, Rich, I hope you're hope you're okay. Um, let's see. Craig says Nebraska men's basketball tanking so they can get the first pick. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe they ought to have something like it's time for a little parody in college basketball, isn't it, Caleb? What can we give? What can we give to help the teams at the bottom of the standings like we do in professional sports? What they need to do is go back to the old way that you had the picks in professional sports where you got the first pick in your region or your state because then we can grab the in-state That'd guys. Be, yeah, you get, you, <laughs> or you get to pick a player off any other team in the conference, maybe. That'd be nice. We're going to start taking bids. Hey, 
Chucky, welcome back. <laughs> Chucky, I'm sorry. We to... we're, we're taking bigs. <laughs> uh, Jeremy says, finally buying myself a high revving V8, only to have my joy tempered by high gas prices. Oh, <laughs> sad. Do you put a you, you uh when you get get those car, those engines that make a lot of noise? I, I, I've never done that. When you rev them up at a, like a stoplight like that, yeah. Do people put them in neutral when they do that? Usually. Okay, that's a, yeah. I just didn't know how that worked. Yes. I don't. Otherwise, don't really, my Toyota Pathfinder doesn't sound that awesome when I rev it. <laughs> Otherwise, you're either going to have brakes that are not going to last long, or the train. Well, that's what I thought. Just going to fall. You know, you'll be sitting at a stoplight. There'll be a monster truck next to you, and go. And I'm like, what do they do? Put it in neutral when they do that? I always wondered. That or park if it's automatic. Yeah, you can put it on park in park. Yeah. Okay. Just don't put it on neutral on a hill. That's all window dressing, though. It's not really doing anything, right? That's just showing off. Yeah. Just, I'm just understanding the car life. Unless, unless it's a diesel and you're you're clearing out some of the uh, gunk. Here, uh, here's the thing that chaps my eye that I keep forgetting is that whether you're on a phone call or whether you're whatever you're listening to in my car, uh, radio or something streaming or a podcast or something like that. Sometimes I'll have it run and I'll get out of my car and I'm like, I really need to remember this is crystal clear to anyone within 15 feet of my car. <laughs> crystal clear. It's incredible how have you ever walked by cars that are parked and they're talking on the phone uh-huh. and you it's is this kind of extending the speakerphone discussion? And I'm always like, you know, I ought to be a little bit careful here because we are very tightly packed in the school pickup line when we're doing this. We've got calls all over the place and I'm just I got I got twenty minutes to wait and I'm really sort of giving everyone my entire life with phone calls and, and what I'm listening to when I'm doing that. Uh back to the Facebook page. Speaking of which People blaring their speakers in the grocery pickup spots, and their music really sucks, <laughs> says Barbara. See, that's probably me. I wouldn't un- care if it was good music. That's probably me unintentionally. I cannot believe how loud my my speakers are right outside of my car. So I don't do the grocery pickup spots, though. So don't have to. Don't have to. I like to walk in because I like to enjoy the music that's in the grocery store. And you like to do sh- show your phone around and show your. That's right. Phil says mine are all about Lincoln drivers today. People treating Rosa Parks from Highway 77 to 9th Street like the Kansas City Speedway. And northbound 14th before Old Cheney, I've gotten cut off at least three times in the past week. Gretchen says people boarding flights who have no awareness. Their backpack is smacking everyone as they drop down the aisle. (laughs) Evan says mine is school and the fact there are no good indoor water parks in Lincoln. Hey, you heard Jeff Maul with us on Friday. He was saying, get that great. Let's get a great Wolf Lodge here. And Dave says pretty much everything about being a teacher right now. I bet. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. 723, we'll take a break. Selling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, it's 7.39 on LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us on this beautiful Wednesday morning, 40 degrees in the capital city. Well, let's do as we said and count them down, starting with number five. Lincoln Northwest High School will open this fall. 223 freshmen, incoming sophomore class expected at 77, and the juniors 78. Now, only 41 Incoming seniors applied, so they've made the decision to be more efficient and simply not have a, a senior class this first year. 
So they'll be opening with 223 on the uh, the high end there as freshmen. Bryant College of Health Sciences focus program will get underway. Uh, probably be scaled back a little bit, but freshmen and sophomores will experience the pre-pathway classes, and that allows then juniors and seniors to go further. Cool. And they're uh, they're still working, I believe, on the sports activities because without seniors and a very large uh, sophomore and junior class, that'll be uh, somewhat lessen yeah. the first couple of years we'll see what they do uh with with class b sports and probably vary a little bit sport to sport yeah you sport, know, football's sport sport. different than than swimming you know or something like that but it, it'd be interesting to hear I'd, I'd be curious you know and it's not surprising to be honest that you don't have a lot of seniors who are wanting to do that i think it was somewhere in the range of 40 and that's why they said look it's just not quite where we need it to be to dedicate the resources to that entire class but It'd be interesting to hear what the uh, the, the people who did choose, the 70-some uh, sophomores or juniors and then um, over 100 freshmen, uh, if that's all people who are, it's just more convenient from a location perspective, um, if there are things that appeal to them, Mark, like you mentioned about the specific tracks that they've got there, if it's just a change of scenery. Um, it's it's just a little fascinating to me. And then the other thing that I wonder, we, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. I, I wonder if that'll be a little different when Standing Bear opens up because you're not. And, and North Star, I know, had some overcrowding issues. They were as overcrowded as, as any high school uh, was. But they're also a newer high school. Will there be more interest across the board for Standing Bear when it opens up? I don't know the answer, but these are just these are just all kind of fascinating things with this whole thing. It's, it's I think it's just tough for especially juniors and seniors who've got all their sure. friends. They're in the program. They're they're Absolutely. involved in extracurricular activities. You know, they've got uh, some some vested time in it. Yeah, and and they just don't want to make that switch, and that's, yeah. that's totally understandable. Yeah, Absolutely. much much easier for freshmen because you're just getting that high school experience started. Right. Yeah. It is. There is something kind of. I don't know. There's. There's something kind of nice though that there is a, a, a going to be a couple of for the time being at least smaller high school options mm-hmm. for students if that's a better fit for them for whatever reason at this point. There's. There's a little more choice involved, um, in, in terms of the high schools because these will be. I mean, for now, these will be significantly smaller, uh, in terms of you know when you're talking. From You're talking about right around 300, a little over 300. Right. I mean, to begin and, with. And, and classes on, you know, even when you get that freshman class through, I don't know, what will that be by the time oh. it gets to be a senior? 200, 250 maybe? Yeah, they're, uh, expect, they're expecting it to be 1,000 students by yeah, the, about, the, when the 20, class of 2026. About 250 per class. Yeah. Still a lot. I mean, that's significant. That, I mean, that's, that's even, I think, smaller than my senior class was uh, at East, back when East was the small school. At, at this point, and so it's it's a different option. But uh, the other thing I'll mention now, I haven't been, I haven't seen the construction of Northwest for a while. But I did drive by Standing Bear the other day when I was going out to Hickman. Whew, that thing is really coming along. That's moving, and I finally have a really good sort of picture and idea of where that it it's it's even further south for some reason than I. And I don't know what I know where Saltillo is. So I don't know why that's hard for me, but. It just—it's even further south than I imagined it, to some degree. It's just hard to think of that being a—that's now Lincoln, right? That's—that's that's a part of uh-huh. Lincoln proper at this well, point. In that you've got a high school there. Well, Northwest is is quite a bit further off I eighty. I've been by there a couple of times. I mean, that you know, it's looking great. A lot of activity out there. 
but when you know you're so close to Saltillo when you or 70th when you go down by Standing Bear that it just seems huge. Yeah, I was always been a fan of the old Northwest Purple Falcons. All <laughs> big Falcons. Here's a, here's an interesting question. These are uh, this is not in the realm of super important things, but these are class going to be Class B schools. Who are their like rivalries going to be with in in sports? Because you know you've got the you've got the southeast southwest thing, you've got the Lincoln High Northeast thing, you've got the east southeast and east pious thing. I mean, if there are other B schools, are Standing Bear and and Norris? Is that a, is that a thing? Where does Lincoln Christian well, fall and, in? And then, Lincoln, Lincoln Christian, Lincoln Lutheran. Yeah, those are C, yeah, the Spirit Sword. They play C1, for the C2. Spirit Sword in. Uh, but in you, you've got Waverly just up the road. Yes, yeah, um, you're going to have uh, Seward's up the road a little bit too. Crete. Now there are some schools that are going to be in the the C1 and Class B range. Ashland right. Greenwood a little bit further up I eighty. You've got a number of schools in the area that are going to be the C one and B for multiple sports that you'll be able to build some rivalries with, and they're going to be in that um, that conference that's Class B as well. Yeah, and I guess kind of cool for those those Lincoln adjacent Class B schools to be able to come into to Lincoln and have some. Mm-hmm. I mean, you used to be able to do it with, with Pius. I mean, it would change a lot whether they were B or A, but. It hasn't been for a while. No. I think I think Pius is going back to B in football, actually. Yeah, so. and Beatrice yeah, further Beatrice down to the south, and, and some of those other ones with those teams in in Lincoln and, and other activities too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. But well, and then obviously you get into the uh, the Omaha area. You've got all of the Elkhorn schools, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Elkhorn North is a B school. What that that's probably the best parallel to what's mm-hmm. happening now uh, in terms of a new school opened up and. And they've actually gotten themselves, you know, their their girls' basketball program is really good. Okay. It helped that you got a really good player right out the True. gate. But. True. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and those those floor plans look cool. I can I can see why there are some kids who want to do that, but I also can see why you're saying, eh, man, my junior year, my especially my senior year, mm-hmm. that'd be a little different. Well, and and this this track that they've get, that they're offering, you know, it's in, exclusively yeah. there. Anybody that's looking at at healthcare at any level, that, love that idea. You know, yeah. that that's a, a huge draw, but again, primarily for freshmen and sophomores at this point. Yep. Number four. Speaking of healthcare, mask mandate going to be in effect uh, two weeks longer, February twenty fifth. Uh, Director uh, Pat Lopez says while local case numbers and the positivity rate have dropped, hospitalizations remain high. So the red risk dial continues. Um, yeah, you know, what? what is there to even say about mask mandates here at this point anymore? <laughs> uh, I, I'll continue to say, uh, for better or for worse, depending on where you are, it's it continues now. I think it'll either end after the, it'll either end after these two weeks. This isn't really anything crazy I'm saying right now. It'll either end after these two weeks or it'll end in the middle of March. Um... Because the hospital numbers are going to be lagging the infection numbers. The infection numbers are are going down quite a bit locally and statewide at this point. You expect the hospital numbers to kind of follow, and I think there, I think there is, despite what I think, despite some disagreement, there is an appetite, even in those circles, to have this thing be gone. Especially um, with it nationally, um, yeah, a, a lot states, of a, a, lot, a of lot of states, states are right. Uh, yeah, I think there is to, to some degree that. But to me, the most interesting thing will be when that happens, and, and assuming that it happens, what happens with school mandates? 
To me, that is the most... Um, that I don't know the answer to, or I won't venture a, a, a prediction. Or, will the school and LPS stay in this? We saw for a, a scenario that didn't ever actually happen, at the end of, at the end of the first semester, LPS said, we're going to go with the, the cities getting rid of theirs. They were at the time. County cities getting rid of theirs. And the LPS basically said, okay, well, we're not going to have middle, middle schools, high schoolers will be optional. Elementary school will still be mandatory. Is that what the spring eventual removal of the mask mandate looks like or are you going to have a fourth quarter where there's no more mask mask mandated school for the first time in forever i think it's going to depend a little bit on the vaccination rate at at the school level yeah that may be it may i'm not i'm not sure but yeah you're right i think that was one of the things that they cited at that point because there still wasn't approvals for all of the kids in elementary schools to get five five through 11 got the vaccination approved after yeah that point good point moving on Number three. Latest war of words between Jim Pillen and Charles Herbster has to do with critical race theory. Both candidates have made their opposition to the theory, usually discussed in some higher ed fields. Uh, now the skirmish is who opposed it first. Herbster's campaign news release said he signed the 1776 Action Pledge June 8th. Pillen's campaign provided an email confirming he'd signed the pledge a day earlier, June 7th. And then Herbster's campaign provided a document showing he actually signed it on June 2nd. So, oh my God! Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so now we're arguing who's on first or who was first. <laughs> like I said, they disagree on so few policy issues. At least they want to publicly that we're going to have. Why was your company's convention held in Branson? Who are you employing? Which was the first person in June to sign this thing? I mean, it's not the most substantive discussion right now, and I mean, it's kind of what you're going to get when you have two candidates who I think are up, up, trying to appeal to the same the same group of base voters, and there's and, and because of that, there can't be a ton of significant difference on policy to be successful at this. Well, point. if this if this yeah, were not, if this were grade school, they wouldn't be allowed out to recess for like a week. The, uh, yeah. Like oh, let me ask you this, if you strongly oppose critical race theory and are and, and that plays in your mind significantly for the gubernatorial race. It probably does for some people who are listening. Do you care at all which week in June either of these either of these and I and I know Herbster's trying to go with the thought, well, Pillen wasn't for it. Before he wa- or he was he changed his position or something like that, but like I don't I don't really know who this is winning over in this whole thing. I'd be more interested, frankly, to to discuss the actual theory and their familiarity with it and their issues with it. To be honest, I'd like to that'd see be more interesting to me. I'd like to see them weigh in on things that the legislature is now talking about. That's that's a. That's a good point. You know, we bring up these bills. We, we're going to bring up another one here in a second. There have been plenty that have been thrown out there. That would be uh, that'd be interesting, but that's kind of not where the rhetoric is, huh? No, they on just want to use a bunch now. of buzzwords constantly and get into a. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, about who did whatever first. Yep. Blah. I think they it's missing a word, but something to do with match. Yeah, so I was going to go along those lines. Yeah. Tennis match? They want to have a tennis match? Is that what you're saying? Well, either that or uh, they're measuring something. (laughs) All right, moving on. Please. Number two. (laughs) Listening to a hearing for LB 1001, 
would compress the school calendar from Labor Day to Memorial Day in Nebraska. Senator uh, Steve Erdman is the sponsor. He's from Baird. Says the in-service days and numerous vacation days are unnecessary. His theory behind this is that uh, it would essentially make things life easier for teachers and parents. It would make the teaching profession more attractive. You would actually get a full summer off. It would make parent-child care issues more easy. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for the teachers. As a parent, I can say just the idea of this, I am very interested in. Okay. Just as a parent, the idea of this schedule, going back to the schedule that was more common uh, when, when we were in school, for a variety of reasons. And and listen, he's speaking to me, too, on the, you know, the scheduling that happens with the in-service days and the PLC days and everything that goes with that. That said, uh this is this is me on this I, and and this used to be conservatism maybe it still is but i kind of would rather there's local control on decisions like this instead of a sort of a statewide decision about this whole thing i think that's yeah uh, and, and you kind of saw that and i know we had to take it off the morning drive but mark i think you kind of saw that too with the uh you didn't get in enough votes yesterday on the bill that would have put restrictions on the taxing authority of local school boards. Right. Yeah, and, that, that. and there's been talk about spending limits, state-imposed spending limits that, that local school boards could not go past. And I think there is a, a, maybe a somewhat bipartisan, uh, based on some of the votes that I'm seeing, bipartisan thought that local controls for, for schools is still important. Yeah. So, and and uh, the Nebraska Examiner, you know, uh, you had Paul yeah. Hamill on a couple yeah. of weeks ago. They they really tied into these uh, topics because uh, they're covering the legislature with a lot of experience, and they've really got a couple of good articles there. Caleb, I'm curious what you what do you think about changing the school calendar? Just in theory, not necessarily the mandate part of so, it. So so the, the the part of it, like I would have enjoyed it, I believe. As a student, summer, I, yeah, I think that would have been fantastic. Going to school on August tenth still feels weird to me. But the number of teachers that I have in my family, the number of teachers that I have as friends, including those here in LPS, I heard not one positive, positive comment about about this bill. And um, a big part of that is, well, you want to condense down the year. You want to take away a bunch of planning days. Teachers are already using up a bunch of their planning days covering because there's a teacher shortage. Well, this would... And then one of the things that Senator Erdman said was, if you have the longer time off in the summer, that would allow teachers to go get uh, another part-time job. Well, maybe there should be a profession that you don't need to have a part-time job. That's another reason that you're losing some teachers um, from the industry. So there, there was a, there was a lot of rhetoric that, that Erdman was using that is just speaking to the issues without this being an actual solution. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, I will say this, I appreciate him. I appreciate the policy aim, whether or not this is the right way to do it. That is, is thinking about our, our numbers in the teaching ranks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, that should be a part of this discussion at this point, whether it's scheduling or, or anything mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, I'll say if there's one positive thing about this bill, it's that it's trying to identify a solution for what is obviously Which a is problem. A, a serious that, problem. And now, I'm going to be one to say, I don't think this is the solution, but you're trying to right. find something. And maybe out of this discussion, you do find a better solution. Yeah. It would be an interesting um, poll if you could get enough parents to weigh in on this you know from a parent from a parent perspective this is this is a selfish parent perspective but 
Like, uh, uh, I don't know if everybody has the same situation as me, but I feel like the final, the time we get with stuff going on in the summer, activities, everything else, that time you finally get where summer actually happens starts about the last week of July mm-hmm. in some cases. Um, and that's yep. a lot about being a baseball parent for a long time, so yeah. that doesn't apply to everyone. But like, the, if you want to plan a trip or do something, uh, something in there, it feels like you have like a ten day period right. to do that. I would love the idea of having that whole month of August to to sort of really feel like you're getting the whole the whole summer experience mm-hmm. to some degree. And the schools are done here by Memorial Day anyway, so that wouldn't be a change, right? For the most part. But and frankly, those random days off. Again, I'm glad the teachers get them, all of those sorts of things, but from a parenting perspective, they are a pain. Mm-hmm. They are a pain. You get to a point in the second semester between this year COVID days, but snow days, days off, all of those, where you're like, they haven't gone to school for a full five-day week yet <laughs> this year. Uh, and, and then I'll have it. Number one. Oscars in action tonight. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's... This is the night, Caleb. I wore my Nebraska ball hat for the first time, I think, this I, year. Until they actually win, I cannot I cannot pick Nebraska to win. I want to be wrong, but... What should I do if they win? Hang from uh, hang from the uh, traffic lights in downtown Lincoln? We're going streaking! Pop some champagne, hug, light off fireworks. Hug, hug strangers in the Haymarket. wonder if anybody will light off fireworks Kiss strangers in the Haymarket. If they win. Hey, they're only a two-point underdog tonight. Might be the night. It's 7.57 on KLIN. Win the end. Well, today you've heard, hopefully been listening for about 90 seconds you've heard we just heard about it um a little bit about lincoln little's giving day it's a, a special day it gives people in the community a chance to help children in need receive a uh, quality early childhood education but you might want to know a little bit more about what that means exactly why it is so important what it does for the community if you're uh, thinking about giving today and the impact you can make by doing that and so to tell us a little bit more about that Ann brant the executive director of lincoln littles joins us right now on the rickstein recognition hotline good morning Ann. how are you doing this morning Good morning. I'm great. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just start with with Lincoln Littles generally so people can be familiar with it. There's probably a varying degree of familiarity with it, although uh, probably everyone has, has heard it at some point here in Lincoln. Tell us about Lincoln Littles and what it does. So Lincoln Littles, uh, we are a part of the Lincoln Community Foundation, and we are kind of an arm working on affordability and quality for early care and education for Lincoln's children. And we're doing that through business and community engagement and policy work. How does that, okay, and so um, is are these large-scale things that are trying to kind of make some systemic changes in those items that you missed? Are there resources for individual parents, families, the, uh, those sorts of things? How does it work practically in the community? Yes, we're definitely working on the larger systems. There really isn't an early care and education system, um, and we are working on those larger goals. But within that, it's more practical. I mean, the tuition assistance giving day or the tuition assistance program is something that is a large part of our work. And currently, we're partnering with 29 child care centers here in Lincoln. Um, and the money that people give, go, we work with those child care providers and then they provide um, tuition assistance to families who earn 80% of the area median income or below. Um, Because we know that childcare is just so expensive. In fact, it's um, more expensive than resident in-state tuition um, (laughs) for college. And and the issue there is, of course, you have 18 years to save for college if you're um, 
fortunate enough to be able to do that, but it's not the case with children, you know, who, who are needing care before public school yeah it's it's been a few years since i've been dealing with this but caleb here in the studio you can caleb you can uh, attest i'm sure to the life of uh child care for pre-kindergarten kids it's expensive <laughs> and you. Like, like, like you, you can search around and you can you can find some places and kind of you, you shop and you try to compare and go compare and contrast well you're getting these amenities at this place but it costs this much it's expensive everywhere. But and 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 I should just as an example, obviously, um, you you and your fiance and and I'm both working. You know, b- both have good jobs, but it's still a major major impact on your budget. I assume every single month. Yeah, yeah. every single month. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, give us a sense of what that that process, that situation is like. What are sort of the practical ramifications for? parents in the community when they are when they do that when they do go shopping where they when they look for this and they're just probably in a lot of cases not able to find something that that they can afford what's the impact of that well the impact i mean we know just we know that women have left the workforce in a large amount um huge numbers which really hasn't been recouped since we started the pandemic um and that's because of you know school closures um and things like that and it's just made it really difficult and so um we know that people are impacted by covid in general with it, with their employment and so we are helping parents who are working or going to school uh, afford a a piece of that tuition for their children so that they can have mm-hmm. peace of mind that their child's in a quality place for the day so that they can go do what they need to do. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because obviously, you know, the 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 first thing that I think about at least is is the benefit to to the children of course and and what that means for for their development and and safety and all of those things and that's obviously a huge giant major piece of of what you're doing but i didn't necessarily connect it because so much on this show and we talk about labor shortages here and and it's still you go all these places and there are help wanted signs everywhere and that's a significant concern in our city this this directly impacts that whole issue too it sounds like Yes, it does. And so we really, and, you know, the child care workforce is also experiencing those shortages as well. And they really, they not only are doing really important work because we know that children's brains develop, 90% of their brain develops by the time they're five. So this is critical work. And then they also are the workforce behind the workforce, the child. So it's, it's vitally important. And I did just want to mention that um, Lincoln Little scholarships have provided over 22,226 days of care for more than 400 children Wow! Um, since, since the beginning. And so that's just sort of the nuts and bolts of what we're doing is we're trying to provide quality care for children in, in, in Lincoln. And I know this kind of, it kind of came out of Prosper Lincoln and, and, and looking at the, the, the importance of, of this issue to the larger community. What are, when it comes to the kids themselves and the ability to, to have this care as opposed to not have the care, what are the implications of, of that whole kind of dichotomy that you, you're looking at and trying to improve right now? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just, essential. I mean, as I mentioned, 90% of brain development happens by the time a child enters kindergarten. So really, the to the extent of what happens um, with those quality interactions with caregivers between zero and five is 
really kind of sets children um, on a path to success. And that's what we're looking for as far. And we're so fortunate with um, this community because this community is so generous and caring about our youngest citizens. And so that's really what we're looking at today. Um, and we, I did want to just mention as well that we have generous matching fund sponsors. Yeah. And I know that on the, um, on the, in the Lincoln Journal Star this morning, uh, you can see who those generous uh, matching fund sponsors are at the bottom of the front page. I'm excited to say. So we're really fortunate to have them, and we hope that their commitment gets the community excited and involved, as well as the Mayor's Big Challenge yeah. that was announced yesterday. And that's a, so that let's get a little bit more into that. It's a is this a, a block block grant funds that um, that that, that to, you you kind of hoping maybe the community will match. Yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. so we're just um, you know we have the capacity to get this money right back out to the community to um, affect more children in this in this city. And um, it's COVID, that funding is COVID in, for COVID impact. And mm-hmm. as I said, we know um, just to all the interruptions uh, in, in uh, work and things like that due to the pandemic, we know that that's a huge need. So we're really fortunate that the mayor has allocated those funds to get back out to the community to help families and children. I, I, I want to get to the details of the how-to for the fundraising, and I know you alluded already a little bit to to the, you know, kind of the days that have been provided. I, this is what I think I said, is that right, four years, four years into this project? Are you starting to see some of the, the impacts and the benefits that were hoped for at the outset of this? Yes, and over in the last four years, we've uh, raised, the community has, raised more than $2.4 million for early childhood tuition assistance. And so it has a large impact on, you know, children's well-being, parents being able to go to work and feel good about it, child care providers being able to provide stability um, to those children, mm-hmm. which really is the key to quality. And I'm, and I'm going to imagine it probably has an impact on the school. You know, once you get to the that K-12 through situation, we talk a lot about teaching and the and and you know the workforce there and and the stresses and everything that goes along with that i'm i'm sure there's some impact there with that whole thing which is another big policy issue we talk about a lot right now well right and i will say that prior to this position two years ago i did work for lincoln public schools Mm -hmm. in a variety of capacities for 18 years so that that was one of the reasons i i was interested in this um position is that i was interested in what we could do um as far as at the very beginning for children in order to really make an impact in their life and learning. Uh, well, of, uh, of course, this is something that we, we always want people to keep in, in mind when they're donating, but this is a very special day for it now with the, uh, with the giving day. Tell us about how it works today. If people uh, would like to make a donation today, how they go about doing it and what the, uh, what the impact will be from those funds donated today. Right. So um, LincolnLittles.org, you can go there and there's a donate now button on the right-hand corner that you can um, access through 11.59 p.m. tonight. And then also, if you don't want to do it online, you're welcome to drop donations off at the Lincoln Community Foundation at 215 Centennial Mall South, across from Pershing. Um, And so that is how how it's done today. You can also help spread the word by following Prosper Lincoln Facebook page, Lincoln Community Foundation Facebook page, or Lincoln Little's Facebook, um, and just spread the word to your network um, about why this is so important. 
And we will continue to work with the child care providers here in town to um, be able to make a difference for children and families um, in Lincoln. Yeah, for people who care about the city and want to make long-term investments in in the city uh that will you know pay off in community ways uh, for years to come this is a great way to do it and so i'd encourage people to do that as well hey Anne, i really appreciate your time today i hope you have a really successful day with lincoln littles and look forward to getting a chance to talk to you again sometime down the road great thanks so much there you go that is ann brandt with lincoln little she's the executive director of lincoln littles and uh yeah we love Love for our listenership to to be some significant contributors to that effort today on The Giving Day. It's 823. We'll take a break on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Okay, I'm trying not to get distracted from doing my job here, but man, we are watching an incredible U.S. versus Russia curling match, which I believe will be called the Miracle on Ice 2.0 if they get this done. We will see. It's just a round robin match. I don't think we'll go full Miracle okay. on Ice with Miracle it. Miracle on Ice 1.1. 1. 1. Half a Miracle on Ice. Bishop, have you watched any curling yet? It is it is surprisingly, now that I know the rules for the first time in my life, it's pretty <laughs> good television in my opinion. Two things that happen regularly. Number one, come late April, early May, we all go... Gee, this hockey stuff is pretty cool. I should watch it more in the regular season. That happens annually. Then every four years, we get the, wow, this curling stuff is really cool. We should watch it more. And I agree. It can be a little mesmerizing because basically what it is is it's uh, oh, USA! it's life-size. USA! Sorry. Just got a good, had a key shot there. It, 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 it life-size shuffleboard. Yeah, it's like all the reason it's so good is because you can relate it to like twenty different like lawn and table games that you've played in your life. Oh, absolutely! It's a combination of of all of of whether it's the beanbag toss or the rope golf or the bar shuffleboard or or any of those things. Bocce, all of there's a little of all of the croquet. There's a little of all those in Polish horseshoes. Oh, oh, the greatest, the the greatest. Lawn game. All right. Yeah, so, well, they're all the good ones. But and of course, you know, every four years we have to reacclimate ourselves with what 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 the rules are, um, and how you score in this thing. So, um, yeah, no, it's been on in the background, and you know, that's the thing is we can't you know we can't pay too much attention to it. But uh, yes, enjoy. I'm enjoying the curling. You know, it was funny because back in the day, you know. I don't remember curling getting a lot of attention. Of course, back then, you know, only one network carried the Olympics. It wasn't over four channels and all the streaming services. So we never saw curling. You know, we just right. saw the figure skating, the hockey, and the skiing. Right. And, and and that's it. Or, and the speed skating. And that was it. You know, damn you, Eric Hyden, for, you know, stealing all the thunder of the U.S. curlers back in the day. But, yeah, that it, it is it is kind of fun to watch. Um, okay, so for those who don't know, John Bishop is a lifelong 
Rams fan, Los Angeles, St. Louis, Los Angeles, and his team is in the Super Bowl this year. Don't forget Cleveland. They started in Cleveland. They did? I didn't even know I'm surprised that. you didn't make that old man joke. Oh, you remember when they were in Cleveland. Wow, I didn't. I honestly didn't Didn't even Oh, you didn't know, know that Rams started in Cleveland? No, I don't think so. I didn't. Yeah, but. yeah. they started in Cleveland. The Browns basically sh- chased him out of town. And I have, um, and, and just, and it's not just to annoy John, but I'm taking the opposite side in the Super Bowl, my NFL vagabond. No, don't say Really? My, uh, oh, it's the Troy Walters connection, of course. My NFL vagabond. No, it's actually Bill Callahan's son that put it over the top for me. But, <laughs> but I have uh, my NFL vagabond status allows me to pick and choose year to year yeah. the teams that I want to root for, and I'm I'm more all in than the Bengals than I've been uh, for really any other team. United States wins. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? The United States beats Russia in round-robin curling. Uh, I believe it's the ROC. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the ROC. Whatever. Yeah, still it's Russia. not actually Russia. Just just people parading around is Russia. <laughs> By the way, I, I got really fired up. Speaking of what, I'm sorry to get off track, but the women's uh, hockey team and the Russia women's hockey team almost fought a couple of times, and I was nice. all into it. I was I was very excited. Well, oh, they're I coming mean, out for a measurement. Oh, we got bring out the chains. <laughs> we're bringing out the chains every time they're bringing, bringing out the chains. Yeah, they're bringing something up, that doesn't happen in football Russia anymore. Requested that's a measurement. why we like curling because we missed all the the chain measurements in football. So we while get, while we're waiting for this measurement, give me kind of take me through your day <laughs> on Sunday with your favorite team being in the Super Super Bowl. Since you, I don't you know, want, I don't you know what that's what like. I'm going to do on Super Sunday or just a normal Sunday. Yeah, uh, no, on on Super Bowl. What your this coming Sunday is going to to be like for you? Take me through getting you know mentally ready, pregame. Oh, during I see. Because 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 it's a foreign concept that you have a, a yeah, team that's good. I, mean, I see. Uh, it's a you foreign. Wanna, you want to live through me? I get it. I mean, a John, yes, to some degree. I, I have yeah. no teams that are good and haven't been since 2015 when I sold my soul for the Kansas City Royals to win the World Series. It's been all pain and, and suffering since then, and and I've never really had an NFL team that I'm that all in on, so I'm just, I want to live vicariously through you a little bit. Mm, well, uh, honestly, I, most of it, most of it will actually be probably spent getting ready for a basketball game because, you know, we've got a quick turnaround between games this weekend. Um, but yeah, it's hard to say. Cause you know, I, I, I usually, you know, with the Super Bowl, you like to prepare something, you know, maybe have some football foods and stuff like that. But I can't eat when my team's playing, especially the bigger the game. It's harder for me to I get you know, to sit down and, and do the snacky thing. You know, like for the NFC championship two weeks ago, the wife made she, she grilled some wings and we had some chips and dip. And, and I had a little chips and dip during the Chiefs game. But but when the Rams game kicked off, it was like, I can't do this. <laughs> then the Rams fell behind 17 to seven. And I had kind of started resigning myself to the fact that we're going to lose to Frisco again. So I went upstairs and heated up some of the wings that had been sitting out, and we came back. So I think the <laughs> well, wings. I think you've learned your lesson then. Yeah, I think we. I think the wings were the were the magic touch. So yeah, I mean, I, you know me. I'm a pacer. Okay, I'm I, that, gonna, that's what I, I am going to wear a hole. I famously put on ten thousand steps watching a Cubs playoff game in 2016. <laughs> that is a true story. From zero to 10,000 during a game? Well, no, no. I mean, I had I had been, I had like up to that point, it was like 4,000 steps. And and it was one of the games against the Giants where the, it went extra innings. It was, and it went late into the night. 
And I looked down at my watch at one point in like the seventh inning, and I was up to over 15,000 steps. And I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I probably won't pace as much because what I try to do is find different areas. Like, like the chair I'm sitting in right now, it's in front of my TV. This is usually my spot to watch games. But if things aren't going well, I'll, I'll stand up. Right. Or maybe I'll move over next to the couch. You know, Christian, meantime, who thinks I'm an idiot anyway, he just sits in the same spot. Yep. You know, he 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 is much more mature about this stuff than I am. Um, but I'll move around. I mean, if you know, if 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 the offense is doing well while I'm sitting, then when the offense has the ball, I'm sitting. But if the defense does better when I'm standing up, then I'm going to stand up. So I, it, it's just going to be a lot of movement. Um, I actually get a lot of chores done during commercials. You know, everyone's going to be excited about watching the Super Bowl commercials during commercials. I'll get up, um, and like pick things up or, you know, there might be like one little item in the trash. I will grab the item out of the trash (laughs) and walk it out to the outdoor trash. I get it. I I told you. It's constant motion. Yep. It's like a shark, you know, like sharks always have to be moving. I've always got to be moving and, and I, you know, there's just so much nervous energy and, and, and it'll be this way. This will probably be a more enjoyable experience. You know, when the Rams won the Super Bowl the first time, 1999, we had a big Super Bowl party and I was miserable because I'm like stuck in my house. And I mean, there's too many people in the house. So I'm just kind of stuck where I'm at. Yeah. And, and I, I can't be myself. So the wife probably wants to have a Super Bowl party, so I can't be myself. <laughs> um, but I will, I will fight that. I will resist that at every turn, and it'll be me and Christian sitting down here stressing out. Uh, so yeah, I I can relate. I can very much relate to the pacing thing. I don't know what it is, but man, if I can't pace during a game and walk around there, are any uh, any football game, any any Husker football game. Uh, it used to be basketball games, but I went to the back of the room, whatever room I was in, and just walked around. And then I, someone's always offering me a seat, and I'm like, I don't want a seat. I don't. I don't need a seat. I don't want a seat. What I've learned, John, though, is uh, the probably the most intense sports that I've got in my life right now are uh, are my son's games, and I am ready for. Ba- I love baseball season. He plays baseball. Baseball. Baseball's great. Because you have an entire you have an entire park you can walk around during yeah that you, game. Can, you can you yeah, can yeah you can walk like the you perimeter can, and just so, do a lap around the field I do that all t- but basketball a crowded gym not so oh, much it is terrible the exact opposite so I want to thank I want to thank uh, my friends at Lincoln Northeast High School because they kept like the the upper level gyms up last night, <laughs> you know, they have the bleachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gyms on the level. other side. And you could go, and it was like a designated pacing area. You could just walk around on the upper gym and <laughs> lean over the railing. And so and, and so I was doing that last night, and I was like, this is finally what I've needed during a basketball game. It's just Well, exactly I'm surprised that, that, like, and, and I haven't been to Prosh in a long time. I'm assuming it's still the same, you know, but Prosh Activity Center at Southeast has that walk track that elevated walking yes, track yes above the i mean why they have never let that stay open for nervous fathers to just walk around the perimeter of the gym while the game is going I on i think it's a every game it's a brilliant idea which by the way have we come up with the most important decision that hasn't been discussed for the updating of memorial stadium right now a pacing section i know that oh, we talked yeah, about a yeah. non-alcohol section talked about wider seats 
us Pacers need a spot in our sports venues. Can that you imagine, would get you me know, to like, the game. That would get me to the game more than anything. You know, you, you know, now those who haven't watched a lot of NFL this year, the Super Bowl is in the Rams Stadium, the new stadium, and it's got that big scoreboard that loops around the top. It's hung from the ceiling and it just loops around. So when they finally put the roof on Memorial Stadium, that's what they need to do is have a catwalk that dangles yes. from the top and, and goes around the perimeter of the field. And so people can pace up there while while they're looking down and watching the game. I I, I mean, that that needs to happen. Absolutely. I mean, imagine how much more exercise we would get if we would allow this kind of stuff to happen. You, and we sort of laugh, but that's one of the... I mean, if I'm, when they took that survey and I was thinking about reasons I don't go to games is because... Uh, or not, not that I don't ever, but, but that I might decide not to go to a game is because... I miss I miss some of the comfort of homes of home and a huge one is yes being able to move around. That's yeah, I can't pace. I would buy a season pacing football ticket. A pacing ticket. They should give a pacing pass for whatever sports you need it for for Nebraska sports, and you get in a special pacing area where you you're able to commiserate with high strung nervous people during the game who have a lot of pet peeves what people are doing. I love that idea. I'll pay for forget forget the luxury suite. I'll make the donation for that. And it's very important, too, if we have a pacing area, we've got to do it in such a way because, you know, the pacing has its own, you know, obviously everyone has their own pace. Right. But then they also have their own direction. You know, if you're going counterclockwise and the Huskers are playing well, you got to keep going yeah. counterclockwise. But there might be others whose biorhythms are telling them to go clockwise. Right. So we got to make sure that either we have two different levels so the counterclockwise and the clockwise people aren't running into each well, other, or they've got to have lanes like we have at you know some of these gyms, you know. So and so everyone so we got to design this very strategically so because we don't want to i mean there's enough fighting that happens in the stands anyway and people worry about you know the bill moose throwing beers out of the third row right you want you want a real fight you get the counterclockwise pacers going up against the clockwise pacers and they're constantly banging into each other saying no you need to go my direction i say no you don't understand the black shirts are on the field and i must go counterclockwise when the black shirts are on the field i'll only go clockwise when the offense is on the field and when the special teams is on the field i'm going to stop and close my eyes because i know something bad is about to happen you've got to understand these things so this is a very important so it's not just about pacing but you got to you got to uh, you got to you got to be there for everybody you got to have something for everybody because it's all about the biorhythms and the and the superstition and all of it. I just realized it. Pacing is my alcohol during games. That's my that is my yes. Would Tom Osborne be okay with that? Could we have a compromise? I as, guarantee as, you he would. He's probably the a pacer himself. Out. He's a of pacer. Of course he would. Oh yeah, he was a pacer. Now he didn't pace quite as much, but you know, he had to keep it between the 20 yard lines, but yeah, he moved around. Oh, this this is a brilliant idea, yeah. hey, Trev Alberts. Take notes. This we, I think we've just stop, stop worrying about your basketball problem right now. Start <laughs> taking notes. This is important. In stuff. all seriousness, they offered something like this. Uh, would, first of all, it'd be so innovative. There'd yes, be you would. get so much coverage for it. We know there are a lot of Pacers in our in our fan base. A lot of nervous nervous uh, men and women. Uh, I hope Trev's listening today to this whole oh god that 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 would be hilarious and 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 listen you know what um watch watch what you know once we get to baseball season 
Just watch the number of people that will walk the perimeter of Haymarket Park. Done it a million times. I, I've done it too. I've it's great. You don't need park. this it's for beautiful. baseball. Yeah, like I said, whether it's uh, high school baseball game, college baseball games, for the most part, you're fine. We need to figure out that situation for the other sports. So there you go. All I would right. agree. All right, John. Great sports discussion with you today. Thank you. It for was your a insight. fantastic sports discussion. <laughs> go Rams. Good Down luck. with all you bandwagon fans. That's me. Finished. Proud, loud and proud. Bengals bandwagon. Yeah, if, you, if you're pacing for this game, I'm going to be very... Yeah, I don't think I will. I, I'm in a great sweet spot where I don't need to do that for football. It <laughs> can be happy, but not that sad. All right, good luck, JB. We'll talk to you uh, next week, all right? Go Rams. There you go, John Bishop. I think we just had a breakthrough. It's save 53. We'll take a break. Wrap up the show for this on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show today. I'm all in on the pacing section. That is, uh, I think we might have just stumbled on the key that Trev Alberts is looking for throughout this massive survey to figure out how to get more people in Memorial Stadium. I was wrong. The U.S. didn't win the uh, icing match. If d- Sorry about the fake news there. They had a measurement, and I think it was rigged. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was rigged. but <laughs> It went Russia's way. It went Russia's way, so now they're in... Overtime? Overtime. It's the first extra end. Right now, the U.S. does have the hammer, though. They're both on their last curls. All right. Tomorrow, we have more Girl Scout cookies to give away. Yeah, we've got Girl Scout cookies. Uh, We've got Home and Garden Show. Oh, I want to go to the Home and Garden Show. We're going to play a little more Generation Collaboration. Uh, Men's basketball uh, tickets in there, too. Man, we're just going to give a Generation Collaboration. So you you boomers, Xs, millennials, Zs, you are uh, welcome to call in and partner up with your uh, cohort on the morning show and represent your generation and maybe win some prizes. I'm uh, going to have Jason Peterson. We're going to talk tech tomorrow, the Grow Lincoln team as well. So full show. And don't forget, get your requests in for Request Line Friday. It's going to go crazy. It's never too early. It's the Valentine's Day edition. All I got to say is, oh, yeah. yeah. 9 o'clock, KLIM Lincoln.